Hi, welcome to Totem Talks. I'm Helen Fruin. I'm Mark Smith. We have a cat with us today. We do indeed. She's joined us for the session. Yes, we might get a little purr in the background. Mm, probably not. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about networking online. We are indeed. Oh, here she is. Hello. Uh, why are we talking about networking online today? Um, two reasons, I think. I think this is a follow-up video to a previous networking online podcast that we did maybe two or three months ago. We did. God bless you. And also because of a recent online networking workshop that we ran. Now that one I remember, that was only two days ago. <laughs> Congrats. It has been a very busy three or four months for us. So I, I will forgive you for you. forgetting one of our best podcasts, but never mind. Uh, so why are we talking about networking online today? Other outside of those two reasons. Well, I think that was the main thing in my mind that in the workshop two days ago, there were some really interesting things that came up about the fears, anxieties, concerns that people have about networking online. And then also some of the practical side of just how to do it better. Uh, some of the real solid practical tips about, well, how do you, if you're doing this externally, so say you're reaching out on LinkedIn, how do you send that first connection request? Mm -hmm. Or if you're within a company, used to networking face to face, and I don't think we'd even call it networking, right? We'd call it bumping into someone in the corridor and asking for their help on a project. Yeah. If we can't do that anymore, how do we create the opportunity to do that online? Yeah, and I think that's what was fascinating for me was that the the distinction between internal networking, inverted commas, and external networking, inverted commas, was actually not a great deal. There's not, there's not a difference between the two. It's just a frame of mind. And I think the most powerful thing for me that came out of uh, the workshop, for me personally, was that I'm really comfortable networking when it's just in a, I guess, a soft environment, when it's just over coffee and it's it's kind of informal. But as soon as you start to introduce the word networking mm. or strategy or goal into meeting people, it's that it's at that point it becomes a little inauthentic to me and I start to get a bit flustered and a bit panicky about picking up the phone or sending that email. So a really worthwhile session for me as much as everybody else on there as well. And that was one of the really common comments from the, the delegates. And it's worth, of course, mentioning that, of course, this was a, a session online as well. So it was great that they had yeah. the opportunity to network with each other. But you had people from lots of different companies and, and really different backgrounds as well in terms mm. of the jobs they're doing with a general theme of saying it feels over-engineered. Yeah. If I bump into you in the corridor, if I meet you at the coffee machine, everything feels natural. Now, as you say, you, you're thinking about networking and strategy and what goal do you have? So everything feels over-engineered. And how do we cope with that? How do we challenge ourselves to see this as just okay, I can't bump into you in the corridor, so I'm going to make that opportunity. Yeah, and I think the best tip for me to come out of uh, the session, particularly when it comes to being informal, was to arrive and leave after your Zoom session 10 minutes before, 10 minutes afterwards. So what happens quite often for me in particular is that I will be rushing to get the computer working, getting all the buttons ready and making sure I'm all comfortable and happy. And I've got no time to introduce myself or to speak casually with the person who's running the event, let's say. And in my diary, I've got it scheduled that as soon as that Zoom meeting finishes, boom, I'm on to something else. 
And what's come out of this workshop is that actually, if I give myself 10 minutes before and 10 minutes afterwards, I create quite a natural space to just say hi to the organizer of the events or organizers, anybody else who might be on the call. And it's in that pre and post 10 minutes that have become my kind of coffee break, if you like. And it's quite a natural space to just shoot the breeze with somebody to, to network with them in a more conversational and authentic way. And I, that was quite a powerful revelation for me. Mm. And I think also there was the piece of, even if you don't arrive 10 minutes early or stay on 10 minutes at the end, pay attention to who else is on your call. And, and we mentioned Zoom, of course, it could be on any online oh, absolutely. platform you're using. Other platforms that, are available. <laughs> Uh, that we notice, oh, there's someone on this call who I haven't spoken to before. Send them an email straight after the call. I noticed you were on this project team update. We haven't spoken to each other before. Thought it'd be good for us to connect. Mm. You know, there's nothing over-engineered about that. It's just, I saw you were in this meeting. Should we chat? Much like exactly to your point, if you walked out of the meeting room, you might go, hey, we haven't met before. Yeah. Hi, I'm Helen. Nice to meet you. Uh, so yeah, I think there's a lot there of Maybe just challenging, as you say, all this language. I've got to do networking. I've got to engineer an introduction. Let's take all that pressure away and just reach out to people and say hello. Absolutely. Having said that, mm -hmm. there are going to be quite a lot of moments where you do have to think about the strategy to networking, particularly if you need to network with someone three or four steps away from you. And you have to build a bit of a plan and you have to wonder how you're going to get there. And you can't escape that. Most, well, some of the times you can escape that, but not always. And sometimes when you're reaching out to somebody with a slightly less authentic connection, you're still going to have the fear of actually reaching out and doing it. Uh, particularly I do, and a lot of people on the workshop express the, the concern and the, well, how do I just pick up the phone? What do I do? It's quite a scary thing to do. And... What we talked about in the workshop was actually you just need to face the fear you have to reach out you just have to do it it's a it's an advert for another famous company who also makes shoes um <laughs> you, you just have to do it basically and facing your fear acknowledging that it's there and then picking up the phone sending the email anyway is the first step the second step that came out of the workshop was that most people are actually really quite nice and they're really helpful. So when you do reach out to somebody, they're not only going to be flattered that you've reached out to them, most likely, they're also going to be really willing to help you. And we forget that sometimes, that people are actually really quite nice and really quite friendly. And we internalize this, oh no, what, what am I going to say? What, what happens if they they're mean? They won't want to come back to me, they'll, they'll what happened? Me. Yeah. yeah. And, and at the end of the day, if they do ignore you, so what? They've ignored you, that's great, you've got an answer. If they come back and they're really mean about it, did you really want to network with them anyway? Not really. But the proportion of those people are, is actually quite small. And so that in the sense of face your fear, but also recognize that you, you're very unlikely that you're going to have a negative response from somebody. Yeah, the point made by one of our group was that when they receive a connection request or somebody contacts them internally saying I'd really like your opinion on this project that I'm running we, we feel flattered we, we feel valued mm. or oh, somebody wants my opinion there's a kind of nice feeling that comes with it so remembering that as well is really helpful mm -hmm. so on the practical side that I mean I think we've already covered a few practical tips there but the 
the big thing for me as well was about well what do you say then if, if this does feel a bit over engineered what's the one or two line email that I send or the LinkedIn request that I send what do I write on that that's most likely to get me a decent response I think I wouldn't want to speak for the entire group on this but I think f- from what I was taking away from the session was that you need to tailor your language you need to be authentic, show a degree of vulnerability within that first communication. Um, for example, I, I like to use the words help and please. Um, I find those to be quite powerful triggers within people that I'm reaching out to. Um, most people like to offer help. When you hear someone asking for help, it, it's an emotional trigger. And I I get into this weird space where I'm like, well, is that manipulation or is that influencing? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not sure what that is. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. What I do know is that from a a networking perspective, if I have to network with somebody, um, that vulnerability um, and and almost giving that individual uh, a bit more power in the initial relationship Mm -hmm. development, it kind of, that way it makes sense for me. So my emails are usually littered with those kinds of words um and, I, yeah. and what's interesting about the is that manipulation is that influencing because i get asked that question many many times every week you know how much of this is manipulating how much of this is influencing and when i say to you that using the phrase could you help me please is highly recommended in the world of nlp a lot of people then the alarm bells will go off even yeah. more well, that means it's manipulation neurolinguistic programming is known as a kind of manipulation or hoodwinking tool yeah but that's just where it's been used badly And the other side of this from a neuroscience perspective is that when we help someone, when we do something for someone else, the same part of the brain lights up like a Christmas tree uh, as when we've received a gift that we really value. So it makes me feel good helping people. So does that mean you're manipulating me to make me do something for you that makes me feel good? Uh, My response on the is it manipulating, is it influencing always comes down to intention. If I'm going to say, could you help me please and give me a million pounds that I'll never give back to you and I won't give you anything for that million pounds, I'm going to argue, yes, that's manipulation. If it's a win-win, this is beneficial to the business, uh, yes, I want something from you, but I I think that there's no kind of negative to it at all. It's just good communication. It's good influencing. And this this bugbear that we have about, oh, is that manipulation? Mm. is really unhelpful. So I'd put that in the same category of, of feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. I, I, the other thing I thought as well was, I think there's two different kinds of networking. And one is checkers or drafts, as we know it up north. Um you know when you're playing checkers and you, you're looking for that holy grail move where you can jump over you've loads, got, of, pieces. loads of pieces yes. all in one go and boom, you end up on the other side of the board and you're like, you winner. That is the strategic kind of networking piece. Ah. That is what we often think about when we're talking about networking, when we're talking about a vision. So I'm going to find you to network with because then I know that you know her and you can connect me to him. And yeah, we go, right. and I, I think that feels inauthentic to people like me. I, okay. I can see its value, and particularly if I was, you know, a sales director or something like that, and I had aggressive targets to meet, I'm going to be aggressive with my networking. That's fine. Um, my comfort zone is the Bob Holness blockbuster. 
<laughs> approach to networking where we're all little hexagons in our own little world and we're all connecting and it just so happens that I'm next to a W right now or I'm next to a, an A or a B. And if I get to network, if I just network quite casually with you, quite naturally with you, it might be eventually I do actually get to the other side of the board, but it will be a very roundabout route to getting to the other side of, of the board. I might not even get to the board at all. But on the, it's the journey that counts in terms of networking with other people. It's a far more organic process. It feels far more authentic. It is a lot slower. That's the consequence. It is a lot slower. And you might never get there in terms of if you do have a purpose in terms of networking. So do you live authentically? And just accept you're never going to get there, potentially. Or do you live a little bit more aggressively and take the checkers approach to networking? Mm. Obviously, I think life is going to be a blend of the two. Of course. Um, and I think if you can recognise that, or, or if potentially if that's where some of your inauthenticity is coming from, it may be just to just take a break, just to sit and relax and just go, well, well who is currently in my network? Perhaps I can, I can reach out to them more naturally. Yeah. And also, do we just be more open about that? So rather than it feeling like an inauthentic game of drafts, mm. can't it be that I reach out to you, make a human connection with you and say, I was also interested because I see that you're connected to so-and-so, or I know that you've worked before with X in this market, in this country, in this department, and I was wondering if you could introduce me. If we're just open about that, because I'm conscious when you call it inauthentic, a lot of people will think, well, then I shouldn't be doing it. And maybe a better term here is just over-engineered, as people said on the on the session, that it feels over-engineered to say, well, I'm going to work my way through this network. Actually, if we're just open about it, then we can be authentic and strategic at the same time. Maybe that's a helpful blend. Maybe it's not going to work for me in my head. I've got to be honest. I don't think it would work for most of the people on the workshop, actually. Uh, I think there's a... I don't know if it's whether it's cultural to the UK or not, but... Um, I suspect it might be, actually. I wonder if that assumption is about taking out the humanity. Mm. So if I literally have in mind, I am only getting to know you because I want to know that person who I know you've worked with, that takes away humanity. It feels like I'm just using you. It's manipulation just to get to that person. But if I'm human in the meantime, yeah. I know I want to get to that person. That's my end goal. But I'm also really interested in developing a connection with you, finding out about you, your journey, whatever the context is, uh, and maybe also seeing how I can support you. How can I add value? Who's in my network that would benefit you? Mm -hmm. I think when you add in being a decent human being into this, nothing feels inauthentic or manipulative or rude. There's just a really clear goal that I'm trying to get to that person. And if I get to build a connection with you as well, fantastic. Yeah. Another really interesting point raised on the workshop was to go back over your past connections. Yes, I love that. Which I thought was a great, it had never occurred to me to just actually go back through LinkedIn and see who I've already connected with, who I have, have I've worked with years ago. Mm. And there's a couple of people on my LinkedIn, I was doing it this morning, there's a, people, a few people on my LinkedIn connection list who I thought, wow, you've actually, you know, you've moved from here to there. I had no idea because I don't pay attention to what people are up to. Um, I thought it might be, you know, this morning I've spent a bit of time just reconnecting with some old people. Again, not strategically, but just in terms of a really gentle network. And because they know me and because we have a relationship, they've all come back and they've all said, hey, great to hear you. It's been such a, 
an uplifting ego stroke of a morning, just right. reaching out and connecting with with old old friends, basically. Yeah. And I guess as a first tentative step into the world of of networking, if you are going to be doing this for the first time. Just go and find someone in LinkedIn who you've not spoken to for five years. Perhaps not an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> um, that would be that would be awkward. Um, but yeah, you, you just you know make it easy for yourself. So if you do want to practice networking, just go and find some some old connections and 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 have a go, have a play, have fun with it, and uh, make mistakes as well, hopefully, uh, and learn from them. And then so when you are thinking about being more strategic, as as Helen has said it's you know you, you're much better equipped and much better placed and confident when you're doing this as well yeah and, and you mentioned the key word there practice mm. you know so often we say well I, mean, I think it's really interesting uh one of my friends has pointed out in most other worlds like sport music practice is considered to be the most natural thing you wouldn't expect somebody to be a professional sports athlete unless they're practicing. You wouldn't expect a professional musician to not practice. And yet for some reason in business, we, we don't like to talk about practice. No, exactly. And, you know, pe- people doing role plays on workshops, they say, oh, oh, but it's fake. It's a role play. You know, nobody's going to say on the football field, oh, well, t- me taking that penalty right now in rehearsal is, is a practice. It's a role play. It's fake. No, it's practice. It's yeah. preparing you for the real thing. I loved when this guy made this point. I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Yeah. Why don't we do this in business? And so when you talk about practicing networking, who are those few people around you who you could send an email to and say, I'm thinking of sending this email to somebody I've never worked with before. Mm -hmm. What do you think? How's the wording? And again, as somebody pointed out in the workshop, what if I sent that email to you and you know that person? Do you think this email is worded in the best way that it would interest that person Mm -hmm. and, and help them want to reply? So, so much there about practicing and using your existing network to build your confidence. Yeah. So in summary, we have practice networking with old flames on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have... Feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Do we need to plug somebody's book for that one? Uh, Oh gosh, I forget the lady's name. Um, Feel feel the fear and do it anyway is the name of the book. I'm sure we can find the book and put a link in. There will be a link in the description below, everybody. Um, There is also the recognition that networking can be strategic it can be quite organic and that you can choose between the two there's no right or wrong there and then there's also the philosophy of networking um is it manipulation i don't know the answer to that question <laughs> according to helen it is not is it? i'm just going to go on the it is not because if we're going to get stuck in is it is it not is your intention positive can you see that you can add value and that's something we've not spoken about so much today is we tend to think of networking as I want something from the other person, Mm. but what value can I add to them? So many people I've been networking with on LinkedIn recently, we've each added so much value to each other. And if we think about from a position of kindness, what can I do to help you? What can you do to help me? Everybody wins, that's not manipulation. Yeah, make the relationship mutually beneficial. There we go, Boom. great top tip to end on. Yeah. I'm going to wrap it up there because I am hot, hot, hot. So is the cat. (laughs) Thanks everyone for listening. As always, you can find us in many different platforms online. Links to many below. 
and keep watching for other news of our workshops. So we've got a number of open programs this month. Uh, our next one is Unconscious Bias. Ooh. So uh, I wonder if we'll do a follow-up podcast to that, actually, because I imagine there'll be some new things that come out. Yeah, yeah I think we would. Yeah, Perfect. Uh, have a great day, everybody.